everyone, this is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to scale your MRR using CRO and PPC for your SaaS company. Today, we have our guest, Dylan Hay, joining us. Dylan is the co-founder and CEO of Hay Digital, which is a creative PPC and CRO agency that focuses on helping SaaS and B2B tech companies scale revenue with PPC and paid social advertising campaigns. After successfully managing hundreds of thousands of dollars in spending on Google, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Camptera for a lot of customers, Dylan has built an effective SaaS-specific advertising process that just works. Dylan is also the podcast host of the SaaS Marketing Show, where you can learn practical marketing and growth strategies from leading marketing experts in SaaS founders. So welcome, Dylan. Uh, super excited to have you on our show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Akil. Thanks for the like comprehensive intro as well. I'm excited to be on your show. I've been... Um, listening and, and watching it for, for a little while now. So yeah, excited to chat with you today. I appreciate that. Now, for those of you in, uh, who don't know about your background, people in our audience have never heard about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you discovered the opportunity for launching Hey Digital? I think it was in 2018. Yeah, for sure. So um, as you mentioned in the intro, like I, uh, I launched Hey Digital back in 2018. And previous to that, I was working in various different kind of like marketing, growth, biz dev, sales roles within SaaS companies. So just before Hey Digital, I was with a company called Leadfeeder, which is a website visitor identification platform. I was maybe the like 12th or 13th member of the team there focusing on like um, business development, growth, everything that goes into that across the UK and, and Europe. So that was, that was really fun. Like in a really short period of time, we grew a lot just within the first year that I was there. We went from like 13, 14 employees to 50. We had a team across, I think it was eight or nine different time zones. So that was really fun. And before that, I was working at Hootsuite, the social media management platform. Uh, working within the enterprise like sales focused team there, and so when I was um, when I was building out the or supporting the team at Leadfeeder as they were growing and uh, building out my own personal brand too, because that was a big part of our kind of strategy for growth at, at Leadfeeder. It became super super clear that every time I was speaking at different events, doing different podcasts, YouTube shows, whatever it might be, there would always be. Uh, SaaS companies or founders that would say, hey, maybe you could support us with some of our kind of marketing initiatives. And when I looked at the team at Leadfeeder, we had a very, very small marketing team at that point. So as my brand was growing, I was getting more people asking me to work with them. It came to the point where as awesome as it was to work with the team at Leadfeeder and the like they've been on a great growth trajectory even since I left too. Um, it just didn't make sense for me to keep like turning people away. So I decided to set up my own business. When we first started back in 2018, like two and a half years ago, officially, uh, I was just, I knew that I would focus on SaaS companies because that was my experience, the kind of businesses that I worked with. I knew the target persona very, very well. Um, we, we just weren't sure exactly what the best offering was going to be that would fit with that market. We knew it'd be something related to marketing or growth. So we first started with like some lead gen projects, some content projects, some paid ads projects. And very early on, it became super clear that PPC paid ads is an area where these SaaS companies that are at that kind of mid-stage or early stage, maybe they've raised a seed round or their Series A, usually the marketing team will often only be like three or four people. And if you're trying to build out a paid function, which a lot of people do, especially once they raise funds, because it's a channel that's very clearly and like very easy to define and show scalable metrics to investors, which is really important. Also, uh, mm -hmm. if you only have a marketing team of three or four people focusing on all the different initiatives, you don't have someone that has enough time to dedicate to paid channels. So that's the that was one of the issues that we decided to kind of tackle head on. So yeah, that was um, two years ago, mm -hmm. two and a bit years ago, officially we set up. 
up. We've been focused purely on PPC for the last year and a half and uh, have built out a small team. There is four or five of us on like a full-time basis. We have some other um, freelancers and contractors that we work with also. And we work primarily with SaaS companies who have raised um, a Series A round, a seed round, um, or at least at like $1 million in annual recurring revenue and above because they have some at least proven like product market fit and some other factors that we can maybe talk about a little bit later on. So yeah, work with a variety of enterprise businesses, earlier stage companies too. It makes sense. So I know a lot of people when they start launching their their agency, they kind of decide to focus on, you know, because you have, you know, growth marketing skills across the spectrum, right? You could have done social media marketing, you could have yep. offered website development, but you decided to really focus on, you know, PPC and CRO for SaaS and B2B tech yep. companies. Was there specifically why you decided to to focus on your services there? Yeah, so two reasons. One is I felt like that was where the biggest kind of gap was in terms of um, where marketing teams need the most support and where there weren't too many other SaaS-specific marketing, like SaaS-specific paid ads agencies. There are a few out there that... Um, that which are also all great. Like we we all like communicate fairly often. Um, but yeah, that was one reason. And the second reason was I have experienced myself with like building brand and content and everything else. But I see this constant, maybe not shift, but one thing that's super important to whether it's investors or even bootstrapped founders that are trying to grow is you're always trying to prove some kind of revenue, like ROI from your marketing, right? With paid ads, I'm not going to say it's like the easiest thing in the world because there are so many different ways of attribution that we need to consider and we have to consider the whole marketing funnel. But paid is a service where it is a lot clearer that path to to ROI and proof that something's working. And if you're going to build a service-based business, one of the things that will ensure that you retain clients for a long period of time is when you're kind of affecting their bottom line and helping helping that grow. So that was that was another reason also. And I just knew that with that positioning, with knowing exactly who our target customers are, with working for some of them before and having experience in the sector and really dialing down the messaging into paid, uh, it becomes a lot easier for us to market ourselves as a business and, and grow as well rather than being super broad with our services. Makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, something like if you're tackling SEO, it's harder to justify, you know, seeing the ROI for for a while versus with PPC, you can see it pretty instantly. Um, at Horizon Capital, you know, one of our playbooks is CRO or conversion rate optimization. Usually, that's the first marketing channel we apply because uh, we we look at it like the lowest hanging fruit and generates the quickest wins to see some uh, increase in in revenue after the acquisition. What does uh, can you tell me a little bit more about what you guys do for CRO? What does that look yeah. like? What are some general areas you see maybe SaaS companies failing at that you come in? say, hey, we should optimize for? Yeah, great question. So we are still building out our kind of firm CRO offering. We don't have that as a standalone service at this moment in time. But one thing that, of course, when you're working with SaaS companies on their paid funnels, the, the most important thing before you even consider launching paid ads is like, we, we don't want to fill, we don't want to fill a leaky bucket, right? So if we okay. spot like we've, we, we turn clients away now if, um, if they want to work with us, but we take a look at their nurturing flows or their follow-up sequences or sometimes lack of nurturing flows and follow-up sequences. Like that's a big turnoff for, for us because those are things that you should focus on first. So for us, the, the process is kind of like when, when a client comes to us and they want to they work with us, the first things that we take a look at is if they're free trial or if they're demo booking, there are different flows that people will go through, of course. But we look at what that experience is like for a user because this is really, really important. If you're going to drive paid traffic to a sign-up flow that then has no um, no solid follow-up or no education, or if you're driving people to a demo booking flow where they go to book a demo and then there's like a 
24, 48-hour wait time until someone gets back to you and no follow-up emails, et cetera. Like, those, those are what we're looking at at the, early, at the early stages first before considering working with someone. And we can definitely go a bit deeper onto that if we, if we need to. But then our process is once we're, once we're running ads through the testing that we're doing on the campaign levels across the different advertising platforms, the, the landing pages that we're, that we're running, the different ad creatives that we're running to, we'll start to pick up insights from the data to make decisions off the back of data. We're very data-driven. Like people, one challenge in the SaaS world or any world in particular when you're running ads is often people get too attached to their own personal opinions around, I think this creative is better than this one, or I think this headline will work better than this, or maybe this email sequence will work better. Um, but we, we purely let the data kind of make those decisions for us. So typically when we're looking at CRO and what areas a SaaS company is failing at optimizing for, usually the biggest thing to always... Um, uh, audit is the sign up flow and the sign up process. Like, not just how easy is it to sign up, but what's the process like once someone has signed up? What kind of education is in place to get them actively using the software that you guys have or the tool that you have? And same with demo booking flow. What's that process like? And then off the back of that, we'll start looking for different different triggers that we can make optimizations for. So if we're if we're driving traffic from a campaign on Google ads, for example, focusing on one specific area or tool set within your product. And those people are spending a lot of time on the website, but they're not converting. We'll look at the heat maps, look at why that might be. We'll look at how we can make adjustments in a landing page, etc. So there are mm. a lot of different things to, to consider. But for me, it's always looking at the, the clearest route to usually for SaaS companies, getting somebody to sign up and actively use the, the product. What can you do to make that as easy as possible for them? It makes sense. And then on, on the PPC side, what channels are you generally finding the best success for, say, specifically B2B SaaS companies on an ROI or even on, say, cost per trial or cost per demo basis? Is it, you know, is it LinkedIn, Facebook, Google AdWords? You guys are testing them all. What, what are you seeing the best results with? Yeah. So it, it does vary depending on what kind of space your SaaS company is in and, and who you're servicing. But the core pillar is always the same for us. So Google... On the like Google search, Google display, YouTube in in some cases, Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, and then the review sites. So, Captera specifically is where most SaaS companies can see a pretty quick and easy return without having to put too much time as well. And mm-hmm. the way that we would set things up is you have to consider where like who your buyer persona is and where they're spending their time. A lot of SaaS founders get nervous or SaaS marketers get nervous about advertising on Facebook and Instagram, especially the larger kind of enterprise businesses. They'll say, yeah. oh, our buyer persona isn't active there or it doesn't make sense. But we have a number of enterprise clients who have deal sizes in the like mid six figures annually recurring like they're servicing these huge enterprise businesses and for them for some of them like facebook is our most successful advertising channel so it it really varies one thing i would say is to make paid social work there's a few things you need which are really important and when i say paid social i'm talking uh, specifically about facebook and instagram and then we'll get to linkedin in a second but with facebook and instagram it's super super important to be feeding the platforms with as much high quality data as you possibly can so for us when we're running ads focusing on conversion which is trial sign up or or demo booking um, and it's to a cold audience we we use lookalike audiences the most that's where we do a lot of our testing. And Facebook performs the best when you give it the lookalike audiences that are 
the highest intent. So usually that's like the segment of highest LTV of previous customers that you've had. Um, maybe it's the recent purchases or the largest deal sizes that you've completed recently. If you don't have enough data to match an audience for those in Facebook, then we start working backwards and start looking at lookalikes of um, trial signups or demos booked, mm-hmm. for example. But where those platforms come into their own is when you have really good quality data. Um, We see LinkedIn at the moment is definitely an expensive channel, but working well for content promotion specifically. So where we're seeing success on LinkedIn at the moment is we're building out um, content-led campaigns, so promoting eBooks, webinars, um, guides, etc., and utilizing the LinkedIn lead form functionality. So um, I, I don't know how much you know, or people listening to this or watching this may know, but LinkedIn have the option to build out and use their own LinkedIn lead forms. So basically someone clicks on the ad, link, you can choose which data you want to show in the form and it pre-fills the data. So we'll usually have like first name, last name, company name, company size, LinkedIn profile URL, like everything will be pre-filled. And the experience for the user is extremely simple. They click on the ad, that is already filled and then they just press one button and then uh, it submits the data, they get they get what they need. And we sync that up with CRM systems using Zapier most of the time because mm-hmm. LinkedIn doesn't have the best integrations there. But those campaigns are working very well for getting very um, good quality traffic into like mid and top of funnel flows at the moment. So we'll build out ABM lists or target company lists within LinkedIn and just run the ads specifically to, to those people. Uh, and then Google is our like number one place for high intent, like trial conversion, demo booking conversion, just because you can have so much control over who you're serving ads to, what the messaging is, the landing page experience, etc. And so that's like a real quick breakdown. I would say um, we're seeing the most success always most of the time on Google. And that's purely just because that's where most people spend their budget. Um, mm-hmm. But as an agency, we see really great success on paid social, Facebook and Instagram. And I think that's because we have like half of my team at Hey Digital is creative. So we've really doubled down on um, high quality creative through video ads, GIFs, carousels, all different bits and pieces. And that's something that you also need to make paid social work is good quality creative specifically for ads. Don't be running five-minute explainer videos as an ad and expect them to perform. You need like snappy creative that's going to move quickly that you can iterate on really quickly and introduce new ones frequently. That makes sense. And then you're talking, just going back to Facebook, uh, you know, setting up lookalike audiences and, you know, looking at data there to refine your, your audience and get better targeting. What is like the minimum amount you suggest uh, for, you know, emails or users that you have that you want to upload? Is it, a, I have heard different things from 50, 100, 150 as a minimum. Uh, before you want to go back and say, hey, let's use trials instead. Yeah, so everyone like everyone always says different things, and like Facebook mm-hmm. says different things sometimes too. Facebook, I think most recently it says that you need to have Facebook needs to match at least 100 people in the same location in the same country. And so for mm-hmm. Facebook to match 100 people, you usually need a lot more than 100 people too. That's the key thing to to match. So most clients that we we'll work with rarely will they have enough volume of um, of uh, emails to to focus it on LTV. Some of them will, some of them won't. So usually we're looking at trials, like um, previous trial converters and lookalikes of those. And, but you can always still just try and create the audiences and see what Facebook kind of does. Because sometimes you can, sometimes it will let you build a really small audience and sometimes uh, it will ask for, for large ones. But often the more data you can give the platform, the better. So I always start with seeing if you can match enough people in the audience of the highest value and then like working gradually backwards from there. If you start looking at 
okay, we don't have enough trial signups to build a look like. So the next step back from that is like visitors to the website. That's usually when I'm like, okay, I probably wouldn't be running ads to, to those people trying to get them to convert. Like you can use content to help them, but I wouldn't be running like a, a lookalikes campaign to just website visitors expecting them to convert to a trial because often that's when audiences become a little bit, a bit messy. Yeah, it makes sense. And one of the things that I really love about PPC is that you can you can really use it in every kind of business, but specifically I love it with SaaS and also with e-commerce. We've had experience in the past because you can scale it, right? So when I'm talking scale, I'm talking taking it from $5,000 a month to $5,000 a day um, in ad spent and, and see ROI across that. Um, can you share with our audience how your team is you know helping leverage that scalable channel with SaaS companies marketing team or are you taking their current you know, PPC efforts and then you know taking it to a higher level to make it more effective? Yeah, so- most of the time when we come in, people have run some ads themselves or internally as a team and uh, their account structures are like a bit of a mess because they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Like often we'll come in and people will be spending maybe five, ten thousand $10,000 a month on their ads or, or something like that. And they'll be like, okay, it's kind of working for us, but we're not really sure if it's working for us. Like we don't actually know. That's one thing that comes up a lot, people not knowing their data. Um, and sometimes like sometimes we'll come in and they'll have had an agency previously. Um, very rarely do we come in where someone has a paid media specialist on their team and we work side by side with them. Like that very rarely happens, to be honest. So yeah, usually we're usually we're coming in and um, taking the lead over, over everything. I think one of the areas where we really support the most too, and this, this is like important advice for any SaaS founders um, or marketers thinking about doing paid is when you are going to do paid, whether you hire a freelancer, whether you hire someone to join your team full-time, work with an agency, whatever, you need to consider... Um, you, you don't just need a paid media person. There's other things that you need. Like you need someone that can create the designs, someone that can create and build the landing pages. You need a copywriter. Like it's, it's a whole little squad that you need to run paid ads successfully. Um, so the way that we're kind of helping them scale their efforts and grow out is we'll usually come in at that point. We'll work with them on making sure their kind of data is as clean as it can be and they have as much insight into it as they possibly can. That's definitely a big issue for a lot of SaaS companies is really understanding marketing data. I'd be lying if I said that all of our clients were very easily able to just see in one spreadsheet or in one tool, okay, we're spending this much on these different channels and this is the exact return. It's not as straightforward as as that with the way that marketing works. Um, But we're helping them just try and outlay making sure we have our kind of KPIs very clearly set, showing them what's working, why it's working, identifying growth potential. That's the biggest thing. When people work, when people focus on ads, whether they work with an agency or not, what they really want is something that is scalable, like a scalable model. And mm-hmm. usually the reason they don't achieve that is because they don't have, um, they're, they're not running enough campaigns. They're not, they're not utilizing the data correctly. They're just chucking everything into one or two campaigns. So we'll come in and just try and build out uh, an infrastructure within their advertising platforms that, clearly shows, okay, this is what's working, this is why it's working, and this is how much we can then grow out off the back of that and start increasing our increasing our spend. It makes sense. And then, so I know a lot of SaaS companies, maybe when they're, they're setting up their campaigns, they struggle establishing like a baseline and measuring the performance effectively, mainly because I feel they, they change or they, they leave it as is or they cancel or they modify the campaigns too early, right? They don't give it enough time to gather data. From your perspective, how often should you be testing and modifying the campaigns and what kind of metrics or standards or general objective per campaign are you looking at to before you make the change? 
Yeah, it's a really great question. And it is a challenging one to answer because it really depends on amount that's being spent, how campaigns are split, like lots of variables. But to give some pieces of advice, one thing that I would say is that if, um, like, make sure the metrics that you're focusing on metrics that are actually important to the business because a lot of times we'll come into an ads account and we'll see that if you log into the Google ads account, the Facebook ads account, and you see the overview screen that most people are frequently visiting, they'll see the number of conversions and it might be like a nice high number and the cost per conversion might be nice and low. But if those conversions are, let's say, micro conversions, so you're setting your conversions as pricing page visitors or um, like demo booking page visitors, etc., and not focusing on the metrics that actually are real kind of important conversions. That's one thing to, to note. So everyone has a different approach to this. And of course, different campaigns have different conversion objectives. I'm not saying it's not valuable to be tracking those micro conversions, but make sure when you're making budgeting decisions, optimization decisions, you're making those off the back of metrics that are actually important. So usually in the SaaS world, that is trial signups and demo bookings. I would say like purchases, but a lot of the time people don't have enough in the SaaS world, people don't have enough volume to be like really optimizing towards purchases. Like in the e-commerce world where there's going to be hundreds of purchases or th- like thousands, tens of thousands of purchases every single day, it gives Google, it gives Facebook, the other platforms enough data to really know what's going on. Um, most of, depending on the size of the SaaS company, of course, if they're like low ticket, um, low value, but high volume, they, they might have that. But usually we're looking at demo booked and trial sign up as the kind of decision that we're making optimizations in the ads accounts off the back of. Mm. But then we'll be looking in the back end, like in our tracking sheets and everything else, we'll be looking at, okay, which of these campaigns have then led to actual people getting on calls, what stage are they at, how much pipeline has been generated in Salesforce or wherever else, et cetera. So Mm. often we'll make the optimization decisions in the accounts on those top level metrics of conversions, but then we'll be cross-referencing that with what happens in in the back end. Now, to answer the question in terms of like how... How often should you be changing things? How much time should you wait to see results? We, we always say, of course, we, we try and when you're running ads, you want to get results as quickly as possible. I always say to anyone, if they're considering running ads themselves, working with somebody, a freelancer, agency, whatever it may be, you really should commit at the very minimum to a three-month test. Ideally, I would say like a six-month test period too. Just because if you're, let's say... Most people might begin if they're tentative and just starting ads for the first time. They might spend like $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month maybe. And if you're spending that over three months, that's really not that much money to collect a huge volume of data to make decisions off the back of. And what we'll see often is people will be tweaking their campaigns so often that each campaign might only have one or two conversions. And if you if you think about it, if you like zoom out for a second and you only have one or two conversions in the campaign, it's not really enough to tell you anything. And the whole reason why people start running paid ads is yes, we want more signups, more revenue, but you want to identify a scalable channel and you want to know what's working and why it's working. And if you have this big spread of campaigns or different ad groups or ads that have just one conversion, no conversions, you don't actually learn anything whatsoever. So we, yeah. we always tell people to like actually like try and adjust things at the beginning as little as possible. Like there'll be a lot of learning that goes on. That's kind of a whole a whole process in itself. But if you're the kind of person that you're going to run ads and you're going to spend a few thousand a month, like it's much better to go with a really simple account structure rather than try and be too complex. That's something a lot of people make the mistake. They'll they'll start with a low budget and they'll try and test like 
5,000 different things at the same time. Like you're much better to test one or two things and figure out what works that way than spread yourself too thinly. Makes make sense. And is there any instances and certain types of B2B SaaS companies that you see where you think running or setting up a PPC campaign isn't even a good strategy to consider for your marketing? Yeah, I think everybody at the very minimum should have a remarketing flow and like a, a nurturing flow set up for whether it's um, sign up, signups that don't convert to, to paying customers or people that are in the sign-up phase and haven't converted yet, or maybe even if people have entered card details, for example, but then dropped off like a typical e-commerce like abandoned cart style. I think everyone should have those set up at the very least, just purely because if we think about the buying process for someone that's buying software, they'll look at your website, they'll leave, they'll look at some review sites, they'll probably look at competitors, they might see competitor ads. Like you want to give yourself a chance by following up with them. So I would say everyone should have remarketing at the very minimum. Now, I don't think it makes sense for everybody to be running ads though. I think if you have if you have a product with a with a low LTV, then it doesn't really make sense. Like if your LTV is maybe a couple hundred dollars or like mm. less than a thousand dollars, it can become challenging to really see great returns from paid ads. Like You just have to question whether or not that's a, a good channel to, to look into. And then mm-hmm. the other thing I would say, like we touched on a little bit earlier, most people when they approach us and say, hey, look, we want to work with you, we want to run ads, a lot of the times we have to turn them away. Not because It's not because they're not willing, like they want to spend money, they want to run the ads. But if if your backend systems aren't good, like if you have no understanding of your data whatsoever, if you don't have good nurturing flows, if your trial to paid conversion rate is really low, if your process for like, okay, someone's maybe you have a higher ticket product and you're doing like sales calls. Um, if the if the close rate from discovery call and then to demo call and then like demo to trying the product and, and then closing, if those rates are really, really low, you should probably focus on those things first before you look at running ads. So those are the kind of mm. our usual pushbacks as to companies that I don't necessarily think it makes the most sense for. Cool. So you said LTV a below a thousand dollars. How does like how would you say now? How does the marketing campaign would you change and affect how you approach it if the LTV values are different? Say, I don't know, thousand, five thousand, or ten thousand. What what is it? How does it look differently? Yeah. So usually the thing the thing that we have to consider is let's say. if we even go like larger numbers than that too. So like some of the clients that we work with are selling to the enterprise, their software mm-hmm. will be like a mid six figures annual recurring contract. Now for mm-hmm. those guys, of course, we need to have a different approach to someone who is maybe a $59 a month software or a $99 a month software. And so usually what that looks like is that often the larger your LTV, Usually that means the longer your sales cycle or the more complex your sales cycle. And that Mm -hmm. usually means there are more people involved in the buying process. They're like larger companies, etc. And with those kind of companies, we have to approach paid slightly differently. Usually the things that change is just leveraging more content within within our campaigns. So more of those guides, eBooks, but then also content that's answering common objections. And tailoring in our campaigns based on the stages that your prospects are at. So um, 
people like you can use some tools like Segment. A lot of people know we use an alternative called Customer Labs, which is a SaaS product I, I really love actually, like an early stage company out in India that has a Segment alternative. And so we can use tools like that to serve different ads to people based on what stage they're at within the CRM. So let's say you have HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever it may be. We can serve different ads to someone who is in the discovery stage versus someone who's already had a demo and is now like trying out the product. So when, when we get to those larger values, we start looking at more segmentation of our campaigns and more content versus mm-hmm. if it's lower LTVs and a faster buying process, usually it's just our remarketing flows being set like usual. And then we get tend to get pretty aggressive with expecting people to, to sign up on like first click after they've seen our, after they've seen our ads. So um, mm. if, if we look at the more enterprise focus, very rarely does it happen where we serve an ad, someone clicks the ad, they sign up or book a demo straight away. When we go and look into analytics, like there was a case today, for example, where one of our customers are like LinkedIn has this product called LinkedIn Elevate, which they're sunsetting. And one of our enterprise customers is like a perfect alternative to that tool. So we're going pretty aggressive on bidding against LinkedIn Elevate keywords right now. And um, there was an example today where someone saw the ad, they clicked through, they spent some time on the website, they left the site, they then came back 20 minutes later and then converted to booking a demo. And it shows as like an organic conversion, not a paid ads conversion, even though we know that paid had a huge role. So it's just thinking about how the role of paid media fits into the wider marketing team and strategy, depending on how your customers buy. Is that That's like how you then adjust campaigns based on deal sizes. It makes sense. I want to use kind of a quick example here just to kind of go back to that. Let's say you have an average LTV for a B2B SaaS company. Let's call it mid, their mid-market focus, right? So let's say 5,000 to 10,000. Um, their sales cycle takes, you know, 35 to 45 days. And from 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 free sign up or trial to demo to to paid sign up, how do you establish that 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 baseline value to measure against the PPC performance? And can you run us through an example um, of how you'd approach to get this baseline structure of that campaign for specifically this this case? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wish I could like create a Google sheet or something right, to, to run through this. But like when when we have specific numbers like that, you know what yeah. your sales cycle is, you know what your lead to demo to paid sign up rate is. When you're first starting the campaigns, you will just build out your kind of um, your KPIs or your objectives for the campaigns off the back of those averages that you have, right? So you would look at your data, let's say for the last year or the last six months and collect those averages first. And then you'll know, okay, if um, if we usually convert from website visitor to lead at this percentage, from lead to demo book to this percentage, from then to paid sign up at this percentage, you can then like start factoring in, okay, how many people do we need in order to have one deal, like close kind of thing, um, and base it off the back of those averages. So working back from there. But then, so I would put that together in like a Google sheet is how we would usually do things is like figuring out those. And then we'll start forecasting off the back of that, depending on the research that we do into the client on keyword costs and like previous ads that they've run, etc. We'll build out something specific to each client based on those data points. So it's kind of hard on a general thing to say, this is exactly what we would do. Um, Or if you use some tools like Segment or Customer Labs I mentioned earlier on, immediately you'll be able to set up those segments within those tools and then feed those audiences back into the advertising platform. So you'll be able to set conversions and then you can set conversion values of, okay, if someone goes from this point to this point, the conversion is worth this much to us, etc. And so I would start from that point. And then over time, as you start getting real data coming through, because we know 
when you're forecasting, you can get as close as you, as close as you want, but really you don't know what the real data is until the traffic starts running. So we would then be constantly kind of looking at the data that comes through over time. So yeah, if it's a sales cycle like that, 40 days, when you first start, you have to, you have to just work off the back of averages because otherwise you're not mm. like, you don't want to, you, know, you can't wait 40 days before you're, before you're deciding what your kind of objectives and, and targets are. Um, yeah. So I would, I would go off the back of averages first. Yeah. Cool. And you know, another part that, you know, SaaS companies were starting to um, you know, look into set up their PPC or start uh, looking at that option. They're looking for help on setting up their budgets, right? How, how much should I be putting toward this? How do you suggest to these companies be thinking about setting up their budget for PPC to a, maximize the results while you still having to manage that aspect to be able to, to get enough data and generate enough revenue and prove yourself within that short period of time? So you said, yes, okay, look at this as a three-month six-month commitment, but how much should I be putting in and thinking that I should be putting towards this to make it wor- worthwhile for everybody? Yeah. yeah, good question. So it, it does vary for, for like depending on a number of factors. I We have on our on our blog, um, we have like a post that we put together, which is uh, how to calculate your PPC advertising budget. So if anyone searches for like SaaS ads budget or Hey Digital, Hey Digital PPC ads budget, they'll, they'll be able to find that. And so we put in some like top level calculations and things to think about, which is kind of similar to what we were talking about a little minute ago with regards to working back off of averages and average numbers that you have from deal conversion rates and and everything else. And what I would say is the way that we usually set budgets with our clients is if they've run ads before, then of course that gives us a bit more, a bit more insight. Um, But I know that this is never an easy kind of conversation for, for anyone is like, how do, how do we plan a paid ads budget three months, six months in advance if we haven't run ads before? So usually what we'll do is we'll make sure you have a clear defined budget for the first month. Like we'll say, okay, this is the, this is the top line of what we're willing to spend, like what we're willing to spend for that first month. And we'll build out a media plan off the back of that of, okay, these are all of our campaigns. This is how much each campaign is going to spend to fit in with that media plan. And then as time goes on, we'll then start collecting data and building out the real kind of budgets after that. So we'll mm. usually begin with just setting a budget for the first month, like a firm budget for the first month, and then setting kind of flexible budgets for, for month two and month three when we first begin and adjusting those on the fly. Uh, it's not like a, it's not a super nice answer where it's like, okay, you just take this and you do this and you, and you do this. Um, but that's usually the way that we start looking at things. And I think when people are factoring in their budgets, you just need to think about, but when, if you're just getting started and you've never run any ads before, the first thing is figuring out, okay, you know what customers are worth to you. So if you decide to invest 10000 a month, like that's your top line or 5000 or fifteen, whatever it might be, just figure out, like set some, set some conservative estimations of based on your conversion rates, it should then result in hopefully this many demos but you're, or signups, but you're never going to know until things are up and running. So it's kind, of, it's kind of challenging. I think that's why sometimes people get a bit scared about running ads for the first time is as much as we like to plan and forecast, we never really get true numbers until ads are up and running because there's only so much that you can trust like Google search consoles data and like keyword planner and everything else like that. So Exactly. Yeah. And what would you say, you know, last question here to, to kind of adding to that, what would you say are the main reasons you see why SaaS companies, their, their PPC campaigns are, are either they've failed or they're just underperforming, you know, as you continue throwing money at it over, over time? Yeah, so usually it is um, people will try and test too many things at the same time with too small budget, like we talked about earlier on. So someone will be trying to test like 50 different things with a 
really tiny ads budget. So then their campaigns will have like one or two conversions per campaign or ad group. And it doesn't really give you anything to, to make decisions from. So that's definitely one major thing. Another major one is people running ads on social with really poor creative. So just running explainer videos or like really ad creative that no one is ever going to really care too much about and expecting it to perform well. I think that's mm. one thing that we do really well with our clients is because we're so dedicated to, to quality design. Like we, we hired um, our video designer and like uh, uh, our design, or like one of our designers on our team, we made sure to hire someone from an e-commerce background because like she worked in an e-commerce agency, e-commerce companies crush it with ads. It's a huge part of their business model. So we wanted to kind of replicate that across the SaaS space. So that would be one other thing. And then I would say if we look at camp, like uh, advertising platform specifics, usually people will, will jump into a Google ads account and someone will have just thrown everything together in one campaign and have mm. no, like, for example, they'll have what they think is all their main terms in one campaign. But then because it's just one general campaign, they'll have just general ad copies and like a general page that they're sending them to. So you have to make sure that when you're, when you're paying for search traffic, you want to make sure that the experience that the searcher has is like really relevant to what they're looking for. You don't want to waste money on someone. So if you're serving someone an ad about a specific kind of um, software or something that they've searched for, the ad copy needs to reflect that. The landing page needs to reflect that too. So that mm -hmm. would probably be a, another thing. It's so just to kind of recap, I would say trying it like spreading yourself too thinly um, and not committing enough time or, or budget, um, running really poor quality, creative or not not um, understanding how important creative is on the social platforms for ads. Mm -hmm. And and then the final point just around um, not tailoring the experience for the searcher within Google specifically and just being too kind of generic with your your approaches. Love it. Makes makes perfect sense. Um, so thank, thank you so much for being on our show today, Dylan. Uh, how can our audience get in touch with you and learn more about uh, what you're working on? Yeah. So I would say to them, if they want to learn more about Hey Digital, then they can just go to our website. So it's heydigital.co and Hey is H-E-Y. Um, or I would really just recommend, I think because you and I both have similar audiences, I think a lot of people who are listening to this will find value in our podcast as well. Uh, so that's called the SaaS Marketing Show. You'll find that everywhere online. We interview marketing leaders at like successful SaaS companies. So we've had people from companies like Drift, ClickFunnels, Ares, like all of the all of the big players, and they come on and share like 30 minutes, really practical growth tips and strategies. So I would say those two places, or if they want to connect with me personally, they'll they'll find me on LinkedIn pretty easily. That's where I'm active. So happy to answer any questions or connect with anybody there. Awesome. We'll make sure to add those those links in our show notes as well. Thank you so much again, Dylan. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. This is great. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.